You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Welcome to it. <laughs> I'm just going to intro well, you out of the laughter. <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. a good place. That's a good place to come into. <laughs> Welcome to the Revival Recap once again. <laughs> we are recapping more than this last weekend that's happened. We, we have just had our celebration of our one year birthday, we'll call it. We're not going to get anniversary. We'll call it birthday. And uh, we've got Renee and Joaquin Evans with us. Renee's just warming up with some Ron Burgundy one-liners. Oh, so good. But uh, usually the recap recaps what was preached on the weekend, and we are going to get to that a little bit. I don't know how we'd ever fit that into the time we have with Chris. That was just power. But uh, I think the best place to start is just recapping what it's been like the last year or so and pre that. So let me welcome you first, Renee. Hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm very good, thanks. Good. Joaquin, you, you're breaking through the laughter. Dude. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm holding on. It's <laughs> uh, so fun. It's so fun. I did not see that coming. <laughs> did Nor did I. <laughs> I like uh, to surprise people. Right. What was it? Immaculate. Immaculate conception. There we go. Warming and up. Warming up. With that. Radio my voice. Vocal, my yeah. vocal. Vocal. Uh, with that, we are good to go. All right. Let's jump straight into it. Um, it was a huge weekend, but let's look. Let's look back. Um, way before that. Let's go way mm. back. We've had our one year. I mean, it does feel like it's gone quickly, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you know, two years that we've been in Austin with the pre-launch. So, um, but the whole the whole thing feels like it's gone so so quick. And the year of prep, even before we left Reading, you could squeeze those three years into into a bubble. It feels like it was, you know, ten months. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. And yet we've aged 10 years. <laughs> it does that sometimes. I've only aged five. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it is like that, though. It is hard work. People don't realize how hard it is to yeah. plant a church. And yeah. I know there's a few voices out there going, yeah, but it's Bethel, it's easy. No, it's not. Mm. You're planting in a new community in a city that's totally different. Yeah. What's, uh, well, let's first go back to that very first conversation mm-hmm. when you sat down. I mean, you know what we're gonna plant a church what was that like I don't know if it was that even cut and dry from the beginning yeah. um, but uh, um, yeah Renee had fallen in love with the city of Austin just on previous travels um, I guess we were we were just dating then when you came on a trip and went through Austin and yeah um, fell in love with the city of Austin, so she always was dropping hints, you know, over the years of like, hey, if we ever leave Reading, let's move to Austin. If we ever leave Reading, let's move to Austin. So, and I didn't really have a grid or context. We were pretty, we were pretty locked in. We were pretty settled in Reading, and all the guy was doing. But fast forward eight years and seven years, whatever it was, and um, and. Uh, yeah, and so then it, it was this process of uh, we were changing roles in Reading and looking for uh, what was the next thing to build in Reading, but clarity on that wasn't coming quickly or easily, which was unusual because we'd had so much 
momentum and traction there, and it wasn't, it wasn't at all that anything was wrong. It was just, what should we do? And that question was just elusive. And so it pressed us into praying. And we actually were in a meeting with Chris Valentin, who it's it's uh, app that he was just here this weekend, but uh, and Paul Manwaring, we were talking about what's the next thing we should build. And Paul Manwaring said, yeah, it's too bad we don't plant churches. And, and Chris threw out, he's like, he's like, oh, well, for these two, I might would make an exception. And he totally was, he totally threw it out as this yeah. off-headed comment, and it didn't even <laughs> stick in his brain, but somehow, and it, it had not crossed our minds up until that point, but that comment was a seed, and we kind of like gave each other a sideways glance, like, did he just say that? Like, <laughs> we thought we were changing roles. You guys right, are kicking us out. Right. What's going on? <laughs> kind of, kind of, exactly how it, and, uh, but we're like, so we went away, I think we got in the car and we're like, did you hear what he said? Did you like, and we, and I, it's, that seed started to grow from there, I think. Yeah. Were, I would, were you, I would, weren't you ever hoping it was a beach town? I mean, Australia is some of the best beaches in the world. Right? I mean, I Austin's was. a beautiful city, don't get me wrong, but it's like the one thing we're lacking over here. You know? It is true, and mountains, but um, no, I'm so happy it was Austin. But I would, I don't know, I think I've always had the seed of church planting in me ever since I was born again, I really felt like the Lord kind of gave me the call that I would pastor a church with my husband. And so I think for me like that, when Chris Valentin threw that out, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, could this be true? Like, could this be happening? You know? And so, I mean, it was very exciting for me, but then it just, it did start a process. It wasn't an immediate, like, yes, we're going to do that. Started a process, which I was already kind of on board with just because I had it in my heart to do that for so long. Um, but it was so beautiful watching how God um, just brought confirmation along the way to both of us um, through the prophetic, through just him speaking through his word and in our quiet times and encounters. And it was just, yeah, it was just such an amazing process. I mean, it was kind of painful in the sense of like, oh my gosh, like what are we gonna do? Like, as in transition isn't always the most comfortable thing when you're in the midst of it. Um, but looking back, hindsight, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And it was such a beautiful journey of hearing God's voice throughout it all. But um, there were definitely times of um, uncomfortability in the in the transition of it all. But, yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, you're getting kicked out of the nest in a way. Kicked out's not the right word, but in the sense there has to be that as well, right? Yeah, it's part of growth, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and even reflecting as Renee was sharing, uh, I think one of one of the beautiful things about it is that when going back to Reading, when we got got married, I was already on staff and had already been itinerating, and so uh, and Re- Renee joined in and definitely uh, we partnered, but it was with ministry that I kind of had already had established. And so she joined in with me where this was really that we got to dream it up and do it together from from the beginning. So that's been really, really a beautiful process. So, Right. Yeah. Well, what's changed? I mean, uh, you set out on this adventure. We're all so stoked that you came. And I know some of you all have heard this story before, but the end of the day it's always valuable to look back and keep celebrating mm-hmm. the victories and the past mm-hmm. we can't get so focused on what's to come and forget mm-hmm. to just celebrate those and mm-hmm. so i love what this weekend has been but what has changed in your thinking from that initial thing of like okay here we go and then putting your feet and going okay here we go <laughs> now to a year down the line going okay so that didn't work out that did what have you what's changed for you what have you learned what have you grown in or 
I think one of the biggest things for us is we always thought that we were coming to church plant. And whilst that is true, it's definitely not your normal church plant. And so we, it's almost like unfair to call it a church plant. And we have some other pastor friends who are, have either gone out to start their own or they're considering planting a church and they're coming to us like, hey, can you give us some advice on, you know, what you did? And we're kind of like, we, I don't know if you could take our scenario as the model. I mean, you know, we had such a big, big head start with all of the people who came with us from Reading. We really didn't plant something from seed form almost. That's like fair, we yeah. transplanted a seedling, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously we've watched it grow and the Lord has just continued to to grow and to build. But like we started in a very unique position with a group of people who already had history and also with the name and the favor that comes along with being a Bethel church. And so we mm-hmm. are definitely not your typical 10 people in a living room, startup church, you know, with a worship CD on in the background. Um, yeah, that's and, that's, and that's beautiful. And I love the honesty of that. At the same time, though, that is probably just highlighting the importance of reestablishing how or reassessing how we do plant churches. You know, right. it, it, mm-hmm. you know we've always seen as, as the lone ranger or the lone ranging couple, mm-hmm. maybe one other couple with support is an absolute gift, you know, mm-hmm. right. uh, out there struggling along and off they go and they're kind of forgotten about and mm-hmm. you've got to make it happen. But maybe we do need to overall reassess mm-hmm. how we do mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful model when it's available and people can do it. You know, obviously it took a large sending church to, to be able to, to send um, a large group and, and that whole dynamic. And I think it's beautiful what can happen. I also do think there are times where God just sends in pioneers, you know, and that For one sure. or two couple mm-hmm. goes in and they you know, start from scratch and five years later they have something established. And But... Um, yeah, it's such a beautiful model, and I really, I really hope that the the body of Christ looks more and more to this type of model. You know, you don't, you don't have to be ten thousand to send out a healthy group of people, but yeah. you know, a, a, a good sized church of five hundred can still send, you know, twenty five people to go to go plant totally. a church, and I mm-hmm. think it's just a really valuable model. Yeah. Well, the thing is also, I mean, there is, I mean, let's say critics for that part who might be on the outside going, yeah, you know, you had this head start. And while the head start's great, you've got a whole nother complex issue where <laughs> you've got this strong culture that everybody understands yeah. in Reading, but you've got to restart it here amidst also finding your own culture mm-hmm. in a new yeah. city that's mm-hmm. totally different. It's not all fun and games. It's not right. like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and you guys were really patient with that in the beginning as well. I mean, we had a year of elements yeah. before the yeah. official launch. People mm-hmm. tend to forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. And, you know, I think a really unique situation for us as well is our sending church had a very, very big online presence. So they had a TV network where they were streaming their services. And so we were even finding that a lot of people who were coming to us um, identified with Bethel as their home church, but had never actually even been to Bethel, but they'd just been watching Bethel on TV, which is amazing. Um, But you also don't get the nuances of culture uh, when you're just viewing it through a TV screen. And so along with that comes like, maybe assumptions and expectations of it looking a certain way. Um, 
And like we were even saying, we were having dialogue with Chris, like sometimes people come and have an expectation of us that they would have of Bethel Reading, where of Bethel course, Reading's yeah. a 60 year old church. Like they've been doing it for 60 years, you know, and um, sometimes people expect the same from us. And uh, not many, I would say, like for the most part, we have like a lot of people who just have a ton of grace for us and for the mm. process. And so we don't have a lot um, of negativity in that area. Um, but it's definitely like you do feel this level of expectation almost to to fill your father's shoes in a sense. You know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I think um, I remember sitting in Elements and you so graciously, Renee, handled this topic around culture where you asked the questions, okay, who listened to Bethel music and put our hands up and who's read this book and who's read that and who's watched online and, and all that. But then you said it's very different being in the church yeah. and watching from the outside. And I think that that hit me and I realized that's true. There was a lot, mm. there's a lot that I had to learn about our culture. Mm. Um, well, and you could think that it's a perfect church if you're just right. watching online because exactly. you're just, you're putting out your best to the world, but you know, every single church has its mm. weaknesses and every church to some degree has church politics going on. And so, mm. you know, to assume otherwise would just not be true yeah. yeah it's also true that that people today even in the last 10 years they're gleaning from what from what Bethel Reading has become but there's yeah. a whole process and a whole history to that and they had the benefit of doing that history before iBethel TV, before people were watching. Before so, everything exploded <laughs> on the media, right? all the scrutiny and yeah, all of this. Yeah. Yeah, before right. everyone was watching. Imagine what Chris was preaching then. I mean, he preaches this now. Imagine what he was saying back then. Exactly. <laughs> Lost you, forever. We'll find out in heaven you, one day. You don't know how true that statement is. <laughs> but they got, to, they got to go through all the ups and downs and you know pitfalls and mistakes and learning and growing without all the world watching yeah. and so we don't have all the world watching in that sense we're, we're not on TV but we are coming with a level of exposure that isn't normal for your average church plant so there is there is there is a tension and a balance of we are this sapling but we're in a new city new culture new spiritual environment and we need to dig a well here yeah and establish roots here and what does that look like while at the same time people having some eyes some expectations some so we're stewarding the favor of Bethel Reading in today while also trying to dig a well that they dug 20 30 years right. ago at the same time so it's a, it's a very uh, delicate and unique balance to walk through. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, let's go down that road just a little bit. I do want to move on to this weekend, but I also think there's just so much value in, in this point right here, and I think it'll help a lot of people. We speak about culture and fitting in. If you are new to Bethel or maybe you have been with us the whole journey, and there's still those things that are like, oh, I just still don't get this, and you know, it still makes me uncomfortable or this or that. That's okay. Maybe you're thinking of coming to Bethel, and this is good for you. 
Um, give it that chance. Give it that chance to understand that there's a new culture, that is something different. Your perception of what it's supposed to be might just not be what you're about to understand is the culture that we carry. And there's a reason behind that culture because there, there's testimonies, there's this journey, there's this history mm-hmm. behind it. So it's very deliberate in a way. Mm-hmm. But speak to the people a little bit that might be a little bit frustrated. I think one of the things that happens, especially with the name of Bethel's, people come in going, oh, why isn't this happening for me? Why isn't there this available to me? Why aren't there these programs? Why aren't we that? And we tend to forget that we're only one year old, you know, and there's that frustration and there's this this assessment that happens. yeah. I don't have to say more. What <laughs> we as a team have to constantly remind ourselves that we're one year old as mm-hmm. well. Like just to take the pressure off us, you know, because we don't want to build out of need um, and demand. We want to build because God's telling us to build and the Holy Spirit's on it for that time. And so it's that attention, you know, you're always going to get in church. You know, do you listen to God or do you listen to people? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not like you go out to offend people at all and you do want to provide a safe place for them you want to provide opportunities for them to grow and all of those things but ultimately at the end of the day you have to build according to holy spirit and not not people's expectations or demands otherwise you're just going to continually work from that place of trying to please people and not god and that's just impossible to do um, if only we had a good model for that. Maybe <laughs> maybe Jesus was a good model right? for that. Or <laughs> maybe Paul was a good model but for that. But I love I love ideas and see I think when people can bring ideas that aren't coming from a place of like, hey, I have ulterior motives to build my own platform, but like I genuinely have ideas on how we can do this better, reach more people, all that kind of stuff. I love it when people bring those ideas to me. You know, the thing about sometimes people who get frustrated is they talk to everyone who can't do anything. Mm. So it creates this gossip and they're willing to tell their next door neighbor or the person they sit next to in church how frustrated they are. But yet none of them come to the people who can actually do something about and, and it. And dare I say, because I'm not on Bethel staff, so I can say one <laughs> or two things, they don't want to do it themselves either. <laughs> right. Well, that's another thing. So so I want this ministry. Like and we're like, uh, yeah. awesome, you should help us build that. And they're yeah. like, oh, we don't have time. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, a little less complaining, yeah. a little more action. Totally. Sounds like a Tom Jones song. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was singing that in my mind. <laughs> I, you know, I think the difference is, People coming into an environment looking for how can they be served, you know, which is which is unfortunately a, a modern approach to church. Instead of looking for a community where they can grow, if you're looking to be served, and then maybe you have a perspective of what all that Bethel Reading has, you know, this this buffet. Sure, you can be disappointed if you come into our environment. We're only a year old because we don't have X, Y, and Z that they have, but what I think people need to be asking themselves, they need to take the temperature, you know, is this a community that I feel can feel connected in and is the presence of God here um, like I'm looking for? And if those things are there, then they can, they can and we can grow into all those other things together because that's the goal is find community yeah. that we can grow in. So if you're coming to be served, you might be disappointed. If you're coming to grow, then uh, I think 
we're on a beautiful journey together. So. Right, and if there, there is that thing where those who do go and plant small churches, mm-hmm. they understand it's all hands on deck. Right. Yeah. You know, and yep. imagine what it would be like if we could keep that even in our size yes. and moving into the next year, yeah. that that actually should never change. I mean, what is the point for that ever changing? Right. Where do you reach the point where you have nothing to do in your church? That should never be a thing. Right? It should never be the thing. Oh, should you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, I know. I get some liberty on the side of the microphone. I know. We are, we are trying. We are trying to figure out how do we keep that and uh, that dynamic and, and even create that dynamic because we started fairly large at some some capacity so yeah that's a it's definitely something that we're plowing through yeah I am um, I read this this morning actually a friend of ours does like this Q&A session every oh, you Tuesday. see here's the thing Australians and Southern Africans don't <laughs> mind a little bit of offense <laughs> well someone just said you know that they've um, they've been to a church three times and been told or been asked to serve is serving a must and so this is coming from a pastor outside of our house and he says unless you're healing or resting, you should be serving because healthy people serve. Right. If you don't give and serve, you only consume. And if the entire church did that, we would only have a weak and broken church. Mm. Right. Which I love because it's true. It's Amen. like, do we uh, do we ask for every single person to serve in every single season? No. But like, if you're healthy, like, and you're in a good place, and you want to grow, and you want to find community, and you call somewhere home, then yeah, you should be serving. Right. Because it's what Jesus did. So exactly what we do. Exactly. And I guess that does bring a good shift in perspective looking into the next year. It shouldn't be about, okay, what are you guys going to build for us this year? It should be, okay, what am I going to build in my community Mm. over this next year? So that you can celebrate it, what you've had your hands on in in the And we truly get a way more rounded and full experience of church if everyone is doing that. Because like, well, Keen and I only have the ideas that we're given, you know, and we only have the capabilities and capacity to build what we're able to build. And mm-hmm. same for every single person on our leadership team. But we can't, we can't take, a, take care of everything. We can't build every single area. We don't even have the ideas to build every area. And so mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about community mm-hmm. is what, when we come together, we're able to lend our strengths to each other. And you know, someone might come up with a ministry that I've never even thought of, or it's never even crossed my mind to create that ministry, but they're so right. passionate about it. And right. I'm like, awesome, like that would, you know, so I think that that, I mean, that is what community is about. It's about building trust with one another and out of that relationship and trust, then we build together and build a better, more healthy church because it's more rounded, because it's not just two people coming up with ideas, but mm-hmm. it's hundreds, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I love, Clint, what you said about <clears throat> celebrating together what's being built. Because if you're just observing what's being built, all you can give is a golf clap. Right. But when you put your mm. hands to it and you see it develop and you know that you've contributed, you know, you've sacrificed. And you, and when that thing is built, yeah. then your level of celebration is a whole nother level. It's like, yeah. look what we've done. And that's when you know you're part of community and you're really, you're part of something. Totally true. And it's so good for people. Like I could preach on this subject forever and I actually have preached on this subject. But I mean, people think, oh, we're just giving to the church. It's our service to the church. Yes, it's your service to the church and it's your service to the Lord. Right. But it's actually your service to yourself. Right, right. There's so much joy in serving. And like, I think a lot of people 
view it as a requirement or as a, a chore, but it's it's actually like a privilege that we get to build the local church and to to host the presence of God. Like it's such an honor that we get to do it and the Lord gives us joy in return for that service. Right, and that service comes out of growth and out of maturity, which stems into ownership. Yeah. And so as you're growing, as you're maturing, I mean, think about this. I'll just go off the interview now and just go, you know, think about this, us who are not leading this church. How have we grown and matured over the last year? Where should we be putting that? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, beautiful. Um, all right, well, we don't have a lot of time left together today, uh, but I do want to ask you about this past weekend, this past weekend with Chris here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like? Are we editing a lot out of those sermons? Or are we... <laughs> he did ask he dropped to bombs. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he did want one thing. I can't remember I what can't it was. I can't even remember what it was either. was now, but I love, I love Chris and how he just, he just brings it raw, you know, and tell, uh-huh. tells it how it is and uh, isn't afraid to, uh, to bash some, you know, old mindsets or, you know, religious cows or, you know, however you want to want to say it. But uh, he brings he brings a much needed honesty to the body. You know, he does. Which I really love. So. And you refer to him as the prophet of this house, even uh, one of our spiritual dads of this house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you clear that language up for me a little bit? Those that might have heard that for the first time come sure. from a different model or that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's, this, he's one of him and Bill. I mean, Bethel Redding would not be what it is today if it weren't for Chris Ballatin. I mean, wow. he, like, Bill is all about the presence, and it's his relationship with the Lord that has cultivated favor. But it's really Chris's, like, ability to build that has enabled Bethel to get out to where it's gone to. And... Um, and so we obviously have a lot of honor and a lot of respect for that because you can, you know, you can create a culture, but unless you're exporting it, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it kind of can mm-hmm. die or go stagnant. And mm-hmm. he really, he's really been a big proponent for that and done, I think, an incredible job. And so obviously him being on the senior leadership team and him being, I mean, he's the second in charge, if you want to say, you know, of the Bethel movement that we... Right that we call and home. And he's the prophet yeah. of the Bethel movement, mm-hmm. and we are Bethel, so yeah. he's not you know, stationed in this house, but he's still the prophet of our, of our movement yeah. and therefore our house. And he creates, an, he creates even a covering for us, like in the prophetic, you know, and that's what someone who holds an office of something does, like the office of a prophet, they create like a covering for the people that are under them. And right. so that's one of the things that he does as a, as a prophet of his and house Practically, too. he started the school of ministry in Reading and, and uh, directs that. And, you know, so many of us, um, I came to Bethel to do the school of ministry. Renee came to Bethel to do the school of ministry. We met, got married. So many of the team who uh, relocated from Reading here ended up in Reading because of the School of Ministry. And yeah. so, um, yeah, in a very real, real way, he is, he is the father of, of what we're doing. Yeah, that's so. amazing. That's amazing. So, um, I mean, I can't encourage people enough to go back. Those messages will be up this week. 
go yeah. back and listening to listen to each of those. I'm gonna have to listen to each of those countless Me times. I mean, <laughs> Me too. It's just so impossible. Much in there, yeah. I know. So much. When it was like, oh, Chris isn't gonna have time to do the interview for the recap. I was like, you know, I'm kind of relieved <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, this SD card only holds so much. You know? <laughs> We'd be here for weeks. So, that's Very a good true. point. That's super good. All right, well, um, let's close it out with this. What are our dreams for our second year? That's a great question. I always say we're not short on dreams, we're short on people. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so like we have a lot, of, a lot of dreams. I mean, just one of them, for instance, we would love to be homeowners. So we would love to have our own church and um, not just for even the sake of having our own church, but there are it's actually capping some of the other dreams that we have because we, we just physically don't have the space to execute some of the other dreams or mm-hmm, to right. allow those to grow and be built because of um, space restrictions. And so we, we really are pressing in for the Lord to give us a new home, um, one that we can call our own and one that we can meet during the week and we can, we can run multiple services and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so that's a, just a big, dream and a big need for for other dreams to kind of come true so we're actually stay tuned we're going to be talking towards the end of this year a lot more about that um, and how people can get involved what we've been thinking we've been doing a lot of behind the scenes meetings with uh, you know real estate brokers Mm -hmm. looking at land and meeting with architects and meeting with banks to see how much we can borrow and all of the we're doing everything that we can on the practical end to sort of set the wheels in motion but we we do need a miracle from god in in provision and you know financial provision um which we believe in miracles so we're excited to watch Mm -hmm. god move in that area and the power of community so get your piggy bank out and start (laughs) dropping those coins and those notes in there and uh, let's do this thing together i love that you say yes space restrictions it's time restrictions as well we don't get to just use the building anytime we want yeah it's true and yeah there's a lot more restrictions behind the scenes that people may not realize um you know, we would really love to have like even a, um, a regular women's ministry. We'd love to have a regular men's ministry. There's so many things that we would like to do and host. A school, I'm just going to throw that yeah, out. Yeah, no, yeah, we would. Yeah, We'd yeah. love to do a school of ministry. And so, again, like some of those things we are excited mm. to watch happen, but this would be the first step in a lot of those is just finding some space. Yeah. And I would say along with that, because obviously speaking of a building to facilitate dreams um, it goes right along with you know we started this with and borrowing it from Bill but it really is um, a core value mantra for us is that we're not about a big church we're about big people yeah and I and I just the last couple weeks has just gotten so many reports about just talking with people testimonies if you will of people just stepping fuller into their dreams, discovering their destiny, kind of coming alive, if you will. And, you know, we've, the last two years, we've really built some great foundations. We're still going to be growing all kinds of ways, but those foundations are creating place for people to step into their destiny, discover who they are, um, live fulfilled lives. lives. So um, I'm really looking forward to even more explosiveness, you know, in that, in that realm. And, and even talking about serving, it's not its not just because we have a need. It's like it's because you're engaged somewhere that your heart comes alive. And you're yeah. finding who you are and you're finding 
the power of partnering with God and who's in you and what's what's possible and what's available and all those things. And so um, the more light bulbs that come on in people's people's hearts and minds, uh, I just I just uh, I live for that. So mm-hmm. I'm just looking for it forward to a, a year that that, uh, yeah. that shines with that. So. I think so Chris good. even touched on it as well, but like I would love to see our um, our arm extend even further into the city and mm-hmm. what we're doing to transform the city. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, I think like from just being one year old, we are honestly like our city service teams are doing a phenomenal job and we're already working with city organizations. We're not just helping like make our city look beautiful, but we're helping like the homeless situation that's here in Austin. and even just having meetings today about looking into how we can strengthen our relationship with one of the homeless organizations here in Austin. And um, I don't know if many people, we're privy to so many testimonies and conversations behind the doors that I don't, like we just, like we could literally have service every week just telling testimonies. And so we we can't tell them all every single week, but you know, um, two of our ladies here off at the back of a city service project met a homeless man and they had the honor of like walking him through the steps to get out of off the streets and he's now reconciled with his family and living with his sister and he's got a driver's license he's got a resume he's got so these ladies like literally would drive him to meet with his sister that he hasn't spoken to in 15 years and and now as a result he's able to live with them down in uh, San Marcos and wow. or New Braunfels I think anyway so it's a little stories like that that are actually huge you know to the heart of God I think where yeah. he's like you know we see it as just one person but he he sees the heart of his son you know being restored like dignity restored to him and yeah. so it's 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 so beautiful to watch like the small which really yeah. are big things to God it's um, take place around us and we want to do more of that kind of stuff. more testimonies in the next year and all these uh, things not mm-hmm. to do but to be so that's awesome yeah. well thank you guys we appreciate you we thanks appreciate for coming you, to Austin <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us yeah, yeah. thanks uh, that's another Revival Recap, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Do grab bits of it. Put it in your heart. Put it into your journey, into your story. Get your hands on building community with us and uh, have those ears pricked up for where we're heading in the next year and what you can be involved in and what you can give to. And like I said, get the piggy bank out because uh, we're going to be <laughs> looking for a building. Why not? Come on. Let's do this thing. Uh, you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com. Or you can go ahead and grab one of our Connect coaches on any Saturday at one of our meetings, and they'll point you in the right direction to get connected. Till next time, see you then, family. Bye. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Always enjoy this time. See you next time. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.